up, everybody? This is another podcast. We'll take on sports. I'm the host, Will Walker. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the show across the various platforms that the show can be heard on. Whatever platform that you are listening to this show on, be it Google Play Podcast, be it iTunes, be it TuneIn, be it Stitcher, or AnchorFM.com, please just hit that like, subscribe, or follow button. Also, CastBox. Also, and if you would like to drop me a comment, please do so at Will Walker Show at Yahoo.com. And also, you can follow my show on the social media platforms of Instagram and Twitter. At WWS underscore sports show and also on Facebook, just type Will's Take on Sports in the search box and hit that like button. Today's podcast is June the 1st. Summer is here. That's the way it seems. It is hot as all outdoors outside. But listen, sit back, cool and relax and listen. I'm going to give you, uh, this will be about the time of year if we want to go into a uh, global pandemic that the NBA finals will probably start this week. We were scheduled to start this week before the season was uh, suspended. So I'm going to give you my top uh, NBA finals at the turn of the 21st century. I'm going to give you about three of them. I can give you a spoiler alert before I get to that part. It will be one will involve the Miami Heat as I am a Miami Heat fan. But to the news of the day, somewhat sports related. As the athletes have come out and spoken against the death of George Floyd. I'm very proud of all athletes no matter what their racial background is that they're coming out and they're speaking against police brutality and also the uh death and what the officer did to george floyd last monday one athlete in particular i'm a little bit intrigued by as this may be the first time i've i can remember that he's ever made any type of comment that would be deemed controversial and that's a former athlete but probably the most I guess you say prominent, uh, popular ap- athlete in these here United States, if not the world. Mr. Michael Jordan released a statement. I think it was by Twitter, that number one news source. I'm shocked that Michael Jordan made any type of social statement or any type of comment of police brutality, racial injustice or anything like that. He, I haven't seen him do that before. Not that I can recall. So, but I'm not going to cream Michael Jordan. I'm not going to cream him. I'm just going to say, well, maybe he's become enlightened. And maybe he feels that his voice could uh, help the situation or at least give some peace um, to all of the rioting and the violence that's going, and the looting that's going on. I wish that that would not happen. It takes away from the, the movement or the power of trying to get some justice for George Floyd, George Floyd's family. Um, there's only been one officer arrested. Hopefully all that were there, including the other three officers, the one that was standing in the other, other two officers that were seemed to be also kneeling on um, George Floyd, that they all, all four officers at that uh, situation that happened to George Floyd would all be arrested. That is the that is I think the goal um, of anyone that's protesting. But if you're alluding whether whether you're an extreme left group or an extreme right right group, you full of it, and it's not going to help anything. And trying to sabotage the moment from those who are being peaceful is really um, just just stupid. It really is. Whether you're a left or right, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. You're just stupid for trying to hijack the moment from those who are trying to peacefully protest to bring about 
uh, racial equality and end the police brutality and also get justice for George Floyd. But I'm glad for all the, like I said, all the other athletes that um, have also thrown their uh, support behind the situation. Like I said, I've seen some prominent white athletes also, which is which would be extremely helpful to the moment. Um, it, it really would be to hear a Tom Brady or a J.J. Watt or a Carson Wentz and those guys throw their support behind it would tr is truly um, a big deal um, in regards to what's going on. All right, I'm going to move away from that. I'm going to get into this Major League Baseball proposal by the uh, Major League Baseball uh, Players Association. They obviously want to get a hundred. They, they propose to get 114, <laughs> 114 games to end the Major League. Major League Baseball has proposed only 81. There's no way that the owners are going to go for 114 uh, in a short amount of time. So they'll probably some way, somehow come to the table and meet in the middle. I say 100 games. That would be my thought process, just my opinion. They'll play 100 games this year. The players are also saying that they uh, they propose that no that anyone that chooses to sit out because of the coronavirus, they will not be penalized. I don't see that happening either. Um, I don't think the owners will go for that, but I understand what the players are trying to propose. Major League Baseball is really at the catbird seat, in my opinion, in regards to uh, what they could do with their season because their season didn't start. Um, they were just in uh, spring training when they suspended their season to where the NBA was at almost at the tail end of theirs. Uh, the MLS is also another uh, league that has an opportunity pretty much because they were only three match days into their season. So they got a they got an opportunity to, I guess you could say, resume their season and salvage their season somewhat. The NHL, was, NHL is in the same boat as the NBA, almost at the tail end of their season. Going to be interesting to see how they will, um, I guess you could say, resume where they jump right into the NBA, uh, to the NHL playoffs. I think the NBA should, as I've, I've seen on the four-letter network, Fix Sports and Nobody Cares Network, that there's a possibility um, is, is to be reported that the players – uh, of those teams that are not that don't have anything to play for that they're already out of the playoff hunt they don't see any need to come back and play many meaningless games um, I thought at one time that the NBA would try to finish out the season because I heard of the TV contract deal that they had to play a minimum amount of games to get a full TV contract but the players are not about that life they're not with that they're like look now nah, I don't want to risk corona to just get make sure we get a TV deal um, they're proposing that it, that go right into the playoffs I think you'll see a 1 through 16 format regardless of conference they should go through that um really for duration from here on out i think that should be it scrap divisions and scrap the conferences for that matter in my opinion just go look it's the nba 30 teams in the nba top 16 teams make the playoffs that simple um i, I just think that should be the way it is some something similar to what the top european football leagues do um they just have a it's just a premier league it's just uh la liga bundesliga Serie A. it's just it's just 20 teams and they don't have divisions they're not separated by conferences you just they're, they're, you're in the league you're in the top division so i think the nba should um definitely go to that style format now also in my opinion if the nba does go through is uh, if the NBA does come back and they do the one through 16 format, I think the team uh, that has the teams that have the big advantage out of Milwaukee Bucks, 
Uh, I got to look at Toronto, even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard. Um, I'm definitely going to look at the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. See, those teams have been together for a while. Uh, you look at Denver with Jokic and Murray and those guys and Beasley. Um, they've been together for a while. They were the number one seed in the Western Conference last season. And they're back again this year, although they haven't been playing to that level that they were last year. But they are a group that's been together for a couple of years. So they have um, familiarity with each other. So it shouldn't be that big of an adjustment for them when they return. It's the same thing I would say about the Toronto Raptors minus Kawhi Leonard, uh, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, uh, Serge Ibaka. You know, those guys already being on the roster, already going through a championship experience and a championship run, title run last season. I know Kawhi Leonard makes a big deal, a big difference rather, on their roster. But that that core group is still there together. Um, I think they, they, they should be a team that should be able to gel quickly also once they get back to playing uh, in the National Basketball Association. The Milwaukee Bucks, without a doubt, the best team, the best record in the, uh, the association um, before the league was suspended. They got probably, I guess you could say, one of the top three players in the world. Um, he was the MVP last year, but I'm going to kind of be a little hesitant to say that he's the best player in the world. But they still got Chris Middleton. They still got Brooke Lopez. They still got Eric Bledsoe, DiVincenzo. They got a lot of guys that's on that roster that's already been there. They went through the playoff run last year, even though they fell up short in the Eastern Conference Finals. But they should be back. They should uh, have the, like I said, they're familiar with each other. They played together for a couple of years. So... I think they also have an advantage just because of that. And then, of course, the Boston Celtics, the only thing they changed out was the, no, the number one player, which, oh, well, the one position, and that's the point guard for those of you who are not basketball savvy. But they, that's the only thing that's changed is Kimba for Kyrie. And, and Kimba has proven to be more uh, of a cohesive fit for the Boston Celtics than uh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is definitely more talented, but Kimba Walker seems to be more of a fit. Uh, for Boston. But that team with the, the core group of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart, they're still together. And I think that gives them an advantage. The teams that came together during last offseason, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Miami Heat, uh, some of those teams, Dallas, I think Dallas has the eight seed, I'm not sure. But those teams, you know, they, they did uh, play, I guess you could say, a 65 game trial run together. But I don't think, I think having the experience of playing with each other over a course of time, over a couple of, couple of seasons, just trump uh, the teams that came together last summer. Uh, LeBron and AD and the Lakers are probably, you know, if you're looking at it, they have a great chance because they have two guys that can get their own shot. They have two guys. Um, same thing with the Clippers, two guys that can get their own shot. If KD was playing, uh, was coming back, for the Nets and they were in the run, I would say they have. And Kyrie was healthy. I was healthy. I would say they would have uh, two guys that can get their own shot. But there, but I don't think you're going to see KD this year. You won't see KD, I think, until the start of the 2020-2021 season. But that's just my thought process. I think, like I said, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, and the Nuggets all have an advantage because they played a couple of seasons together. And hopefully, the NBA. I, I saw that they may be targeting uh, July at some time to resume and. Like I said, those players that on teams that don't, uh, that are out of the playoff hunt, they don't see the risk 
of uh, just playing games just to meet a minimum stand, a minimum amount of games just to uh, fulfill the TV contract. We'll see how that goes. I, I said from the beginning, I think they should jump into the playoffs. Or I mean, when it counts, I, of course, play some games to get warmed up. But no, nah, I think that I just think they should jump right into the playoffs. That's just my take and that's my opinion. All right, on the other side of this noise, I'm going to give you my top team, my top NBA finals of the 21st century. You take away the way he feeds his family, his career, because he chose to kneel. Well, if you work hard enough, you're going to get All right, thank you for uh, listening again and, and staying and continuing to listen to uh, today's podcast. Again, Summer Starts Podcast 6-1. All right, let me give you my thoughts about the uh, top uh, NBA finals of the 21st century. I'm going to start first with, of course, I'm a homer, the blatant homer that I am. I'm going to start with the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat won their first NBA title in 2006, led by third-year pro Dwayne Wade. He came off a disappointing, uh, disappointing Eastern Conference Finals in 2005 when, uh, during Shaq's first season after he was traded from the Lakers to the Miami Heat. The Heat finally got the team's first NBA, the, the franchise's first NBA title and fulfill Pat Riley's dream when he came down to Miami of having that parade down on Biscayne. But without a doubt, that was Dwayne Wade's coming out party. And I would beg to differ, I guess, even with that statement and say that Dwayne's coming out party was during his rookie year when he was just uh, during the finals uh, with the Hornets and the Pacers. The kid was just, I mean, I saw him play in the regular season, but he seemed to take it up another lot notch when he made it to the playoffs during his rookie season. But of course, he was the finals MVP of that um, NBA Finals. Dallas Mavericks were clearly the better team, but the Miami Heat had Shaq and Dwayne Wade. Shaq wasn't that bad in declining. I don't know why to this day, I still can't figure out why Avery Johnson decided to concentrate his efforts on making sure Shaquille O'Neal didn't get off. And the way Wade just took advantage of the open floor. He took advantage of all that room they gave him. They had nothing on the perimeter that could stay in front of Dwayne Wade. They got timely, ba timely uh, baskets from Jason Williams. Uh, Antoine Walker, Gary Plate, Gary Payton off the bench. It was a great, I mean, it was a, and Udonis Haslam, that was his coming out party also, but it, it was a great win for the franchise. They were the underdog, but they were able to win that series 4-2 in 2006. All right, next, 2010, um, LA Lakers, Boston, Boston Celtics, again, the greatest, uh, I guess you could say, rivalry in NBA history. They've met so many times. Over the course of uh, NBA history in the NBA Finals, of course, we remember those great matchups in the 80s between Bird and Magic. Um, but this time, this was the second time in three years that the Celtics and the Lakers met. The Celtics won the first time in 2008. And here were the Lakers coming off being a defending champion as they won in 2009, beating the Magic. So this was the chance of the, uh, of the two teams that had won the two previous NBA Finals to finally meet. It was a seven-game series. Of course, Kobe Bryant was... Uh, the NBA Finals MVP, but it was just a great matchup. Game seven was awesome. I think that it probably would have maybe turned another way had Kendrick Perkins been healthy, uh, but it didn't. Um, if would have, should have, and could have did not happen. And the, in, the Los Angeles Lakers were able to capture uh, Kobe Bryant's fifth championship. And it was, it was an epic finals. It really was. That was one of the best finals, um, without a doubt. You know, I had seen, I, and, and I'm, that's just strictly just me and, and giving you my opinion, but that was one of the best finals I had seen. All right, this next one's going to pay me a little bit because I'm a LeBron James hater since he left the Miami Heat, but I'm going to give him his props. 
The Cleveland Cavaliers coming back from 3-1 in that 2016 NBA Finals was epic. No team had ever done that in NBA Finals history. They came back from 3-1. However, the assist was made. However, what happened, Draymond Green, Draymond Green being suspended, whatever, whatever the controversy is, at the end of the day, the game, it was settled on the court. LeBron James made the most iconic, iconic block uh, in NBA in the NBA Finals when he chased down Andre Iguodala in Game 7. Steph Curry made a bonehead pass um, late in Game 7, trying to throw a behind-the-back pass that went out of bounds. It was a turnover, and Kyrie Irving hit the shot of shots. The shot of shots. And when he drilled that three-pointer late in the fourth quarter of Game 7 at the Oracle Arena, and the Cleveland Cavaliers completed the comeback from being 3-1 down and then having to win game seven on the, uh, on the Warriors' home floor. I got to give it to him. Like I said, I'm not LeBron James fan because he left the Miami Heat, but I'm going to give it to him because that was really uh, – it was just an unbelievable finals performance by him and Kyrie Irving. And I'm going to give some other guys on that team a little love. Also, uh, Kevin Love played big uh, during that series, especially in game seven. Just a great finals. It really was. The Warriors were coming off a 73 – uh, that 73 game uh, uh, regular season they, they they won in the regular 73 games they won in the regular season of course they eclipsed the bill they uh passed the bulls 72 wins but they didn't finish the job or they probably would have definitely went down as the greatest team uh, in nba history but they didn't finish the job they lost game seven hence they went and got kd and that just really gave them an unfair advantage but those are my top finals of the 21st century since the start of 2000 that was my top ones. Just, I got three. I got a couple of more, but I just, I'm going to stop at three. And that's it. So hopefully we'll get an NBA Finals this year. Don't know don't know how that's going to work out. And, for, and, uh, and also with that asterisk thing, I don't think it should be an asterisk. It really shouldn't. Listen, everybody, everybody's had the same break. Everybody's had to take the same time off. So I don't think it would be fair to uh, give an asterisk. You didn't give an asterisk to the Miami Heat when they won in this uh, shortened season. And I don't. I hope that that's not discounted because it counts. Yeah, that's not, that was our second franchise title. And then you get didn't give one to the San Antonio Spurs when they won during a lockout shortened season. So you shouldn't give a asterisk even though it, you know it's been a, almost a two-and-a-half-month or three-month break before they get back to playing uh, competitive basketball. So... Hopefully we'll get that done. I want again. I want to thank you guys as I'm getting ready to close and get get ready to get out of here. Again, thank you everybody that supports Will's Take on Sports. If you're listening to us on AnchorFM.com, please hit the favorite button and and you will get all information in regards to Will's Take on Sports when a new Will's Take on Sports when a new podcast drops. And also, like I mentioned about the social media platforms. And also, if you would like to just join me on Sundays when I have. Um, my brother's on with me. We all speak about, uh, we talk about sports. We have a great sports debate forum. Right now we're doing it on Zoom and we're putting it on Facebook Live. If you'd like to join us, just hit me up at willwalkershow at yahoo.com. I'll be happy to have you as a guest and also hear your opinion about sports. Thank you very much for all that, again, support and download and listen to this show. I close the show the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holler, we need that in this country today. Keep peaceful. Please keep peaceful. And remember to keep the social distancing up so we can get rid of this uh, pandemic that's affecting our country. And also, yo, peace to everyone. Peace and love to everyone. I holler, be safe.